Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Um, it's always exciting to, to have that new change and new leadership and just to um, um, try to take advantage of, of just some fresh, uh, fresh blood and flesh, fresh culture. Um, and uh, we're excited to be back back in the building. You know, I think everyone's here and excited to just kind of be around the guys again. We have such a great locker room. And then when you add in just, uh, you know, the coaches' staff and um, the pieces that they've, they've put in place ar- around the coaches and around the players, um, it's, a, it's a really exciting time. Now, now that's, that's all great, but now we got to go and, and we got to put the work in and we still got to do our job. And um, just because you have change doesn't mean you're going to have success. So uh, we got to put the work in and we have to understand that um, still a long ways to go, but, um, but definitely exciting. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick, and as always, I'm joined by my host, Chris Shad. Uh, Before we get started today, I just wanted to mention that uh, us here at the Viking Age, we are giving away a Justin Jefferson jersey, Uh, the giveaway began last week and it ends on May 6th. Terms and conditions apply, and to enter, all you have to do is head to the description of this video and follow the link included for a chance to win a Justin Jefferson jersey. And lastly, make sure you subscribe and like this video. And for those of you that that have already done this, uh, we greatly appreciate you. And actually, lastly, happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. I uh, have come prepared to the podcast. I got my uh, koozie here with, uh, you know, a soda lot pop. of people. Yes, yeah, a little soda pop. Yes. But. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll just get right into it. Uh, I was not here on Monday. You talked with Daniel House, and uh, that was a really good episode. Got some good draft insight about not only uh some gophers but other prospects as well in the draft that the vikings could be interested in so if you haven't seen that go back uh down below on this channel and check out that interview with daniel house of gopher uh gophers guru um so all right today on today's show we're going to go over some of the some of the press conferences from this week so vikings vikings players are back in town uh, for OTAs, their first OTA session with uh, the new coaching staff and the new regime in there, some new players in there. But, uh, you know, 
Kirk Cousins, I uh, don't know if you heard of this guy, he's quarterback for the Vikings. He he met with the local media earlier this week and he uh, he said a bunch of things that were both interesting and, and non-interesting. Uh, but probably the most interesting part of his press conference was when he stated how he would like to retire as a Viking. Now, Cousins, of course, signed a one-year extension earlier this offseason that will keep him under contract with the Vikings until 2024. Uh, he also mentioned how he, he, he wanted to help by creating cap space, which the deal did, uh, but not for uh, next year. Um, but, um, all right, so, so Kirk says he wants to retire as a Viking, but then why did he only sign a one-year extension if he this is the franchise that he you know wants to retire with chris what what are your some of your thoughts on that well whose decision was it first of all was yeah. it yeah. the vikings decision because apparently there were multi-year deals on the table according to reports so if there are multi-year deals on the table that's a kirk cousins thing if it was uh the vikings and they just had the one year extension on there then it's a vikings thing um, Kirk has said he wants to retire a Viking before, but yeah. that is under his terms, which is funny. We've heard that a lot, right? The Vikings have said we dictate things under our terms. Well, Kirk prefers one-year deals. He loved the franchise tags in Washington, although they are extremely dangerous for your long-term viability in the league, but he plays well enough. He gets his stats. Um, uh, he's pretty successful when he can compare to most quarterbacks. So like, I'd say it's a top 10 quarterback. I, I mean, lower half of the 10, but, um, you know, when it comes to cousins, I think it's it just who he is. Like the way he dodged questions about the contract and Kevin O'Connell and every, and you know, Mike Zimmer was never brought up, but like this was a press conference where Kirk should have went in and been like, this is my team. I just signed an extension. We got my guy, Kevin O'Connell here. He's a great coach. We're going to do this. And instead, it was the same all, well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I didn't even choose the coach. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I only gave him an autograph frame jersey, like whatever. But um, I, I think he probably does want to. He just doesn't like signing the long-term deals. So, I don't know. It's a pain in the neck if the Vikings do really want to keep him around. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting comment, I guess, when you think of it that way. Yeah, I think he had an interview. I heard an interview with him. It was an old podcast or whatever that he did in like 2019, how he said he wanted to, you know, he wanted to remain with one team his entire career. And that was the first that was Washington. Then he got with the Vikings. And so now he wants to just be a two team guy. So this is this just something that he's used to saying every year. And I to me, when I watched that pre that press conference, I feel like, okay, he knew he was speaking on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it happened, or even Monday. I don't, I don't remember exactly that it was. I think it was Tuesday. Uh, yes, Tuesday. No. Yeah, Tuesday. Okay. It was um, Tuesday. Yeah, so he knew he was speaking. So I'm knowing the way that Cousins is and, and how he prepares and calculating everything, I'm sure he had some, like, wrote some stuff out down and had some talking points that he wanted to make sure he he emphasized. And I'm sure underlined and highlighted was, 
I want to retire as a Viking. Um, cause, and, and, you know, that's just, it's some stuff that he knows people will like to hear. He, he thinks that's, that's, that's what he's supposed to say, uh, that that's going to get, you know, the fan base rallying behind him. Um, but when you he's sign like, a one year, just when you sign a one year extension, like, yeah. well, that doesn't, that doesn't, sh- regardless of that's what, like, the best offer that you got from the Vikings, if you really wanted to retire with the Vikings, wouldn't you be willing to, you know, take a longer deal to just make sure that you're going to stick around for more than another two seasons? Like, Kirk is like, uh, if some kid wished a quarterback Ken doll to like, like it, you know, like how there's like different variations of, you know, I grew up with three sisters, so this is how I know this, but like, there's like three different kinds of Barbies that you can get mm-hmm. like quarterback Ken, like if they just wished him to life, you would have Kirk cousins because he always says the, you know, answer that everybody wants to hear. It's like, he kind of rehearses everything. Everything's very meticulous. And that's how Kirk lives his life. Everything that is very boiled down to an exact science, which is something that I don't think is, it it can be great in the NFL, but as we've seen, when you, when things don't go right, which this is the NFL that happens a lot, you know, it's kind of does not compute and he short circuits a little bit. So, um, man, it it just, that whole press conference was just kind of like, okay. Well, cause wasn't there, wasn't there reports of like cousins was heavily involved in like the, the, uh, you know, hiring of Kevin O'Connell and everything, and he was like pounding the table for him. And then he was asked about it, and he was like, eh, "I had minimal input." And it's like, "What?" <laughs> that's yeah. We that's go, we go one from that's not, like yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of this whole thing is like they asked Kirk Cousins, you know, "Hey, what's it like getting a new coach and everything?" They give softball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, people's come and go. You know, yeah. we have had ten different offensive coordinators with them. Like I, Kevin O'Connell, I've never heard of him. Like it's just a new guy there. Like <laughs> this isn't a substitute teacher, dude. This is your head coach. <laughs> this is a head coach that was literally brought in to help you become a Pro Bowl player. No, I, I'm sorry, he's already a Pro Bowl quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But instead, it's just like, no, nah, I don't know. The guy that I nearly choked out on the sideline during a celebration against the freaking Lions, I, and now we're replacing him with a guy I gave a jersey to. Like, this is, yeah, it, it's it's infuriating. And I feel like I'm like kind of nitpicking here as to what he's saying, kind of dissecting it. But everybody has done this. Every beat reporters, everybody. It's, it's just kind of like, take control of this team. Hell yeah, I picked Kevin O'Connell. Hell yeah, he's going to take me to like next level. Hell yeah, we're the Vikings. We're going to do this. But nope, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. I, I might not call well, timeout. This year I might line up under the tackle. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's it's just it's it's becomes more clear every time he speaks that, you know, we he, you know, we're supposed to, we're expecting him to be the leader and everything of of the Vikings and and you know, he just he isn't, um, you know, he, he leads with his play and that's fine. But like, as far as like saying the right things in the, he thinks he's saying the right things, but as far as like the actual right things to say in the media and press conferences, just, it just comes off as, as rehearsed and everything and, and not genuine. Then listen to someone speak like Justin Jefferson, who's just like, everything seems totally 
not to say Kirk is lying or anything, but like totally just off the cuff for, for with Jefferson, you know, not rehearsed, like honest, like he's like, yeah, I've, I've seen the receiver contracts. I, I know exactly like how much money I can make. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see those, those differences in those two players. All right. So just looking ahead though, you know, Kirk Cousins says he wants to retire with the Vikings. What are the actual chances do you think of that happening? He's what, 33, 34? And he's been in the league for, uh, this will be his 11th year. So what are, what are the odds of the Vikings winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Because I'm pretty sure that would do it. Uh, <laughs> low? Like, like that? That's it. If he if he wins, if he wins a you Super Bowl, you think he would? You think he would retire? You think he would retire if he won a Super Bowl with the Vikings? Like within no, the next two no, years? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that if he wins a he'd Super stick Bowl around. with the Vikings, he'd stick around. The Vikings would mm-hmm. keep him around. I mean, I think there'd be a lot of people that would want him around. Like, oh my God, Kevin O'Connell did it. He solved the Rubik's cube. Let's let's extend everyone again. I mean. This franchise is probably going to have Adam Thielen into his forties. Like, if if they like you, they they like you. So, again, I I don't know. Like, it's all who whose decision was this one year contract extension? Was it the Vikings saying, "Hey, we want to extend you to lower the cap number, but we don't want to. We only want to date you. We don't want to marry you." Rather than Kurt going, "Well, there's a three year deal here, but it's not fully guaranteed. But I got this one year fully guaranteed that gives me a raise, and I'm going to take that." So, I mean, yeah, that's I what think, it boils down to. I think the one-year deal speaks to some people in the Vikings front office, probably the newer people being like, hey, we should we should try to trade this guy because, you know, it's not working. We want to get – we got a new coach in here, new stuff. Let's just see if we can get our own people and people above them or who've been there before are like, nah, you got to keep him. Um, so, they're like – Okay, uh, and then they're like, is, is a one-year deal, one-year extension okay? And then uh, they're like, I guess so, we'll see. So, I, I, yeah, it's it's uh, be interesting to see. I think a lot of former Vikings have said that they you know want to retire as a Viking. I think Everson Griffin said that. I feel like maybe Jared Allen said that. You know, it usually happens after guys sign extensions, and it makes sense because Adam Thielen also said that he wants to retire a Viking, which... You know he's from Minnesota, so of course he does. Um, but you Whoa, know, wait, he's, he's he's from Minnesota. You sure? <laughs> he lit. He spent his time in Florida though. This this offseason, he didn't. He wasn't in Minnesota. Ooh, so yeah, the heel turn begins. And I think his football camp's in North Dakota. Whoa, uh, whoa, yeah. hey! So, now. Next so. thing you know, he's going to be going to Wisconsin. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll we'll see the retire retiring as a, as a Viking. I think. Uh, yeah. If he wins the Super Bowl, sure. Whatever. But like, all this stuff like of wanting to stay with the Vikings and it's good to be with the team. Like, none of it matters if you don't win. So if they don't win, who cares if you want to retire as a Viking? Like Adrian Peterson wanted to retire as a Viking, and they they weren't winning with him. So and so he they kicked him to the curb. So mm-hmm. this is this is fine that he says this, but you, now is the time to go out on the field and and prove it. And if they can't, then that's great. But right now, it, we don't have any proof that that's going to happen. But we will we will see 
if if that is the case. Do you have anything else to say on this subject of Kirk Cousins' first words since week, what, 18, actually? Yeah, since the last press conference. That, he didn't have one for his extension. He didn't have one when O'Connell was hired. He wasn't even at the press conference. That was, like, I don't know. Like, it's so weird to me because it's like every other quarterback, you hear about their power moves. Like Tom Brady, everybody's speculating that he had something to do with uh, Bruce Arians getting out of Tampa Bay, you know. Um, I don't think the Packers consulted Aaron Rodgers, but I wouldn't want to call him either. Um, yeah, it's just just an odd situation. I hope Kirk succeeds, but it's just yeah. he's, he's an interesting fellow. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you see the guys like Derek Carr who just got an extension and he had like a big press conference and everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> the, yeah. maybe, Kirk did, maybe Kirk didn't want it. Okay. Maybe that's why. He just he didn't want all the that's hoopla. That's possible too, yes. So, because I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers had one uh, when he got his extension, but he just doesn't give a crap about Green Bay. So, he uh, doesn't really care if he gets more money from them or not. He's not about to thank anybody because he probably doesn't really like anybody in that building. Yeah. Uh, so he probably went on McAfee. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. Kirk, that, that's where Kirk Cousins went. He went on. He went on Pat McAfee <laughs> he before did. he talked to <laughs> anybody in the meet Minnesota media. I wonder uh, if Pat uh, McAfee. He went on on the, his number one super fans YouTube channel or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Joe before Spinoza. he said anything to you know local media that have covered him throughout his entire career. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, Kirk. All right, moving on to the coach that was fired uh, before Kirk got his extension uh, is Mike Zimmer, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing about Mike Zimmer, but some some things keep coming back and relating to to his departure and and kind of painting him in this like negative light which things went pretty badly at the end so it's fair to mm-hmm. say that at the end but let you know we can't ignore what the the other things they did too so throughout the offseason you know much of the things that the vikings players and owners and new coaches have said and in addition to like the lack of of roster changes that the team has made this offseason they've all been geared towards one thing and that thing is you know mike zimmer was the problem and he was essentially holding this team back from greatness uh, during the last few seasons. And, you know, this continued earlier this week with guys like Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Brian O'Neill. They all talked about the new coaching staff, placing an emphasis on on building meaningful relationships. Devin, or not Devin, Dalvin Cook called Kevin O'Connell cool and smooth and someone who can relate to the players. You know, okay, so Mike Zimmer's time, with the Vikings rightfully came to an end. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. But it's now been four months since its departure. And we haven't really heard anything from any of the the current players that were around when Zimmer was around. You know, on the decision to fire Zimmer. You know, Zimmer did a lot of good for a bunch of these players on the roster. You know, why has no one even spent a few seconds to just, you know, talk about maybe how he helped them or or thanked him for the time that they were together. You know, did things just end so poorly that guys are just like forgetting about all the stuff that they, that he, you know, helped them in the early portions of his tenure with the Vikings? Like what, what, why is everything just being placed on, on Zimmer's shoulders as he was the reason why 
the Vikings were so unsuccessful recently. I feel like that's been the motto of this offseason for the mm-hmm. Vikings. Like it, it's not my fault. It's Mike Zimmer's fault. And I think you have to worry about the locker room in that case, because I think a lot of the players went up there like Patrick Peterson was like, and Donatel, yeah, he knows about my family and he knows about my kids <laughs> and he knows about everything. And then Ke- Kevin O'Connell, he's great and everything. Okay. Well, Patrick Peterson claimed that he came to Minnesota because of Mike Zimmer, because yeah. he wanted to get, get coached up by Mike Zimmer. And one year later, it's like, no, that dude is trash. Like you don't believe it. And I think last year was terrible behind the scenes. I, I, I wanted Zimmer out as badly as everybody, but I think the way that people are talking about him, it's just kind of like people forgot. And I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on Kevin O'Connell to come in here because now you have the exact same team back. You have Kirk Cousins back. You have Adam Thielen back. You have Harrison Smith back. You have Daniel Hunter back. Um, you've added a couple of new guys, Zadarius Smith. We've talked about all of these things a lot over the off season, but you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And I mean, people won't choose to forget the first four years of the Zimmer tenure without Kirk Cousins was pretty successful. So, I I mean, I I think that culture was so toxic at the end. Yeah, people were excited to get him out of there. But, I mean, after maybe like five or ten years down the road, I mean, if Kevin O'Connell is successful, maybe not. But I think he's a ring of honor coach for the Vikings. I think that Zimmer was that good. It just – I think his ways of handling things just got a little antiquated – and I, and I think that's why the Vikings kind of look at that and go, okay, let's get a new mind in here. Let's get a younger guy. Uh, let's get an offensive guy and let's kind of adapt to modern football because I don't think Mike Zimmer really did a good job of doing that, not only in scheme, but in terms of the new style of player. Do you think, well, I keep going back. I just wrote about this yesterday about how like, and I kind of got to the point where like, can can we blame Mike Zimmer like for the way like that he he felt or acted towards the end of his tenure because of the way that it kind of felt like he was maybe undermined um, by some of the decisions that Spielman made or other people made like that mm-hmm. really didn't help uh, the team or or kind of fit with how Zimmer wanted to run things because you know you talk about the Kirk Cousins thing he like said before that even happened like we cannot spend a lot of money on the quarterback it will blow up in our face and i will get fired and that's what happened Mm -hmm. um and then you look at stuff like you know cutting linval joseph and cutting xavier rhodes you know those guys had large cap hits and you can make a case for those but then you see moves where like they give kyle rudolph an extension he gets like nine million a year which i can't imagine mike zimmer's like Yes, we we need to do this. We need to give this give tight end me Kyle Rudolph yeah, now. He he's yeah. going to be the key to our success. Uh, no, um, so Mike, like we just drafted a tight end. No, no, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I can understand. I can see his viewpoint where like towards the end, like we talk about how Zimmer's defense kind of fell apart, and I can see where he's probably just like, you know what, like what does it matter anymore? Like I'm not getting the help I need from you know the front office like what what does it matter even if our our defense is good and you you shouldn't be like that but that's just probably 
you know, how he felt towards the end. Like he knew he saw he saw what was happening. He saw his his time was probably coming to an end. And he was like, just like, you know, if people aren't going to help me, you know, why? Why do I want to stay up until three in the morning every day and look at film for, you know, these people that don't want to help me um, after he, you know, let's see, they, they won two division titles. They had two playoff appearances. They went to the NFC Championship in his first four years with what Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray. He helped. Like the reason that defense was so good. Uh, people talk about how like how many good players he had, but like with those players, would they have reached their you know their potential without Zimmer? Like, does Xavier Rhodes become Xavier Rhodes without Mike Zimmer? You know, does Anthony Barr? Does he does he have the you know good seasons that he has without Mike Zimmer? Does Harrison Smith blossom into an All Pro safety without Mike Zimmer? Just like I don't think people realize like how much of an impact he had. We just look at the last two years and we just think like, oh, he was a terrible coach. Like everything was toxic. He was just, he didn't care about the players. And I just think it was a mixture of a lot of things. Uh, it was his time to go, but just this this whole. Yeah, like you said, like this whole narrative of like, well, Zimmer's gone. Everything's good now. Uh, we're gonna we're back on track. We're we're championship contenders. He was he was what was holding our team back. When at times I think he might have been part of the reason why this team even won as many games as they did in the last couple of years. Um, so you know, I just I just don't like the way that this guy was with the franchise for almost a decade. And it's like they're acting like he was like Mike Tice or Leslie Frazier. Like, like I don't even think Les Leslie Frazier got even this like this much. Like, oh, he's gone now, so things are better. But I don't know. And it also feels like the way people are reacting. Some people are like, you know, you look at Urban Meyer and how how much of a disaster that was in Jacksonville. And you know, some people are kind of acting like the the end of Zimmer's tenure was just as toxic. Uh, the way some people react uh, when it probably wasn't even close, you know, because of some of the things that come out have come out about Urban Meyer. But I don't know. I just I like Zimmer as a coach, and it's just it's tough to see him kind of be made the scapegoat. I guess you have any more thoughts on this? Well, the the difference uh, in age between Urban Meyer and that college chick that was grinding at him at the bar and Mike Zimmer and his girlfriend is pretty spot on. So, I mean, yeah. if we're talking about comparisons, this is his girlfriend. I want to start there. Yeah, exactly. Urban Meyer's married. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. He's a married man. Just <laughs> chilling at the bar. Like a high, like a high school coach. Freaking, I mean, I, I don't think high school coaches, well, they go to the bar, but I don't think they go no. to college bars looking for chicks like Urban did. Um, you know, what worries me about this team is that I feel like the players are getting too much control here. And I think that was kind of my worry when the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell was that it was a Kirk Cousins hire. And they could say otherwise, that they think otherwise. And Kirk can Not be according like, to I him. Yeah, Kirk goes, oh, yeah, I, didn't know. I, I don't even know who he is. Yeah, it's substituted. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you got Patrick Peterson saying what he's saying, and then he's also just talking about the rest of the team, like, oh, we're loaded, everything else. Like, a lot of this roster is the same roster that has been over 500 well, uh, for 800 days or whatever it is. A lot of this roster also 
was historically bad at allowing points before the half, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Like, it seems like the only player that I trust on this team right now is Justin Jefferson, because I think he's the only level-headed guy that's there. Like, here's one more thing that I'll kind of throw out there when it comes to this roster. Like, I always go back to the Minnesota Wild because they had a toxic culture. They got rid of the coach first, and then they looked around and they looked at the players and went, some of these guys got to go. And I think a lot of the players like Eric Stahl wanted to retire there. Devin Dubnik wanted to retire there. Um, I'm sure Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter wanted to retire. And Bill Guerin was just like, no, we're not having this and got rid of all of them. And I think like Quasey probably wanted to go down and take a flamethrower to the roster, but ownership told him no, or he just didn't get the offers that would have been smart. Because if you trade Adam Thielen for sixth round pick, and I yeah. I know I'm picking on Adam Thielen, but I'm just using him as, a, as an example, he's going to get torched. So it, it's just like, I think the players kind of had too much say in this. And if it works, great. I, I mean, I there is a scenario where all of this works because Kevin O'Connell, I think, has the mind to make this work. But if it doesn't work, the hammer's got to fall somewhere. And I wouldn't even put it on Kevin O'Connell. I, I would put it on the players on the field at this point because we have se- we would have seen three years of underachieving football. Yeah, I would. I was thinking about this the other day. I think the Vikings have a bunch of talented players. But mm-hmm. I think they don't have a very talented team. Yeah. Um, because- and to their credit... I, I just want to mix this in yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Harrison Smith mentioned something in his press conference where he goes, Hey, you know, the people on the back end of the roster, they're important too. Like I, yeah. I think Mike Zimmer kind of dismissed yeah. the, especially yeah. the 2021 rookie class. Uh, and just like, you're not important. Like I think Kevin O'Connell wants that inclusion and you saw all of them at the Timberwolves game. So I, I think they're working toward that. Yeah. Um, and you know you can go to games and stuff and and whatever and team bonding and all that stuff. And I think the I think the Vikings did that before. It's not this isn't like the, like a miraculous thing that they've been doing. Um, but team you know, field trips you gotta, next week. You gotta going to the you zoo. gotta win games. And the way that the Vikings are setting this up is those are their expectations. Like they have to win or else you know. Guys are going to get cut next year. Guys are going to be gone, and I think you can have you can you can have a bunch of talented players, but if they all don't mix, like this is a roster, like a, a football roster is fifty two guys. This isn't a basketball team where like one guy can shine and carry the whole team. You got to have a lot of guys mix and mix well together, and if they don't, then you got to figure out a different way. And the last four years, this core of guys hasn't mixed well. Um, but they're going to give it one more shot. They think, you know, if they get a new, you know, scientist in there to mix them all together, then, you know, maybe he'll be able to come out with some different results and hopefully he does. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, get maybe, uh, they call, I think they call us negative when, when we're, you know, we're not as optimistic about the same roster coming back that has missed the playoffs in three of the last four years. And, really just getting a, a new coach um, and their biggest free agent addition was someone who played two games last year and is probably on the, the back end 
of his career. Um, I think we have good reason, but, you know, we can also be optimistic. Like, Kevin O'Connell's coming from the Rams. He just won the Super Bowl. They've got Justin Jefferson. It's not like Kirk Cousins can't get him the ball. Um, it really just comes down to what they're able to do on the field and, and how much this defense can improve and, and things like that. Um, but the expectations are pretty large for a rookie head coach. And he's got a lot on his table in his very first year as a head coach. He seems like he's ready, but, you know, once again, it will come down to wins. All right, you mentioned <laughs> the Vikings yeah. historically, historically bad end-of-game defense uh, last year. We knew. We knew it was bad. We knew. We, we watched it. We we didn't really need statistics to tell us that they were terrible at the end of each half because we, we pretty much knew it. But then Warren Sharp of NBC Sports and The Ringer and of his, his own website sharp analysis uh he recently shared a disturbing statistic about the vikings and their late game struggles last season here what's here's what he posted the other day uh the vikings have allowed touchdowns on 32.4 percent of opponent drives in the final four minutes just before halftime or the end of the game so that was the Worse than the NFL last season, the NFL average was 12%. So do the math. The Vikings had 20% more. Uh, 31, which is second to last, had 20 allowed 20.6%, which is uh, 12% less than what the Vikings did. Uh, so not only did they rank last in the NFL last season, but they ranked dead last of 686 teams since 2000. Uh, they were really bad at the end of games last year. Uh, this also wasn't mentioned, though, by Sharp. Uh, the Vikings' offense only scored a touchdown on 5% of their drives in the final four minutes before halftime or the end of the game, which was the third worst in the NFL season. All right, so yes, the defense was terrible last season in late game situations. They're actually, actually pretty good, like third downs and, and red zones, stuff like that. Not in the final minutes. Um, so no one is arguing that they were bad at the end of games. But, you know, why does it seem like the offense has escaped criticism this season? They were they were 14th in scoring last season. They're, they weren't like the greatest show on turf. Some are acting like they're like a top five unit. They were 14th. So it's just why is the offense escaping any sort of blame for the, the lack of late game success that the Vikings had last year? Because I think there were a couple times where the offense did come through. I think Kirk led the big drive against Detroit. Uh, he led the big drive against Carolina that won the game. He might have had one more. It's kind of escaping me right now. But, I mean, there were times where Kirk Cousins, especially early in the season, put the big boy pants on and said, we're not losing this game. And Packers. I think that's what we all – yes, the Packers – we want more of that. We want more killer Kirk out on the field. The problem is it's just that's just not <laughs> in his ethos. And I don't want to turn this into a this is all Kirk's fault discussion because I think the other part of that is the offensive scheme and the play calling. Yeah. Teams know where to attack the Vikings, especially in that situation. And when you have a two-minute drive, you're going, okay, where can we hurt this team? We're going to rush in the middle of the offensive line. 
because Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, and your right guard du jour can't handle it. And we're also going to drop back two safeties because Kirk melts down and goes, no, they're not open. I'm going to check down to CJ Hamm. Like, I think that's somewhere that Kevin O'Connell is going to succeed is finding a way to exploit those areas, find a way to get Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen open and produce more yards at the end. I think that's going to be a big win for the Vikings this year compared to last. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they did. They did come back a lot late in, in late situations last year on the offensive side of the ball. But, and I also think, some of the the drives that the uh, defense gave up was also a direct result of after the offense came on the field and went three and out because last year they led the the league in, in three and outs. So, you know, you can blame the defense for 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 giving up points, but when they get uh, a thirty second break uh, between drives, it's it's they're going to be gassed. And I feel like this was this was the case a lot of times last year. They did have comebacks. You mentioned the the Lions and and the Packers, which almost weren't comebacks because let's say Greg Joseph mix, misses that kick against the Lions, they lose. Let's say that that interception against the Packers counts, the Vikings lose to the Packers. Um, so they could have been what a six win team easily last year, as as much as they could have been maybe a, a nine or ten win team last year as well. Uh, that that brings another question to mind. Do you think they were closer to the playoffs last year, or, or were they closer to, let's say, a team more like the Bears? Uh, so I think they were better than the Eagles. I think the Eagles just had oh, yeah. a really good schedule down the stretch. So I think that's what they got in. Yeah, they're in the NFC East. Most of the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, so they played Red, uh, excuse me, Commanders, Giants, you know, all those bottom feeder teams and like the Vikings Giants, were going yeah. up against the Rams, the Packers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even the Bears were, mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't good, but they gave the Vikings a run for their money mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. Like, I, I think that the Vikings should have been a playoff team last year. And I think that's what ownership sees is that, hey, this team, if they score a touchdown here, if they get a stop there if they have a little better culture in the locker room, like this team can win games. It's a matter of can this team win multiple games in January as opposed to, well, we could win an extra game against the Browns. That was another last-minute drive that collapsed, right? Because they should have won that game too. It's just such a weird team to figure out. Cowboys too? Yeah. Yeah, Cooper bleeping rush. Yeah. Like... Man, it just, it, we're not going to know about this team until they hit the field. And I think that's kind of exciting when you think about it, that mm-hmm. once they start playing games, we're going to see if it was Mike Zimmer's fault. We're going to see what Kevin O'Connell has in store and how he can improve this team and everything. So if you want to be positive about things, you know, I I think the improvements that O'Connell can make can move this needle at least enough to get to the playoffs. Can it win a Super Bowl? I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, I I'd bet on the Vikings as a playoff team next year. Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about is uh, just the draft draft coming up. I just want to see what they do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're used to Rick Spielman trading back and getting 19 picks all in the seventh round. You know, I, I just want to see 
how they what approach they take what they're are they looking to the future are they looking to you know get some immediate help you know where they will they trade back in the first round you know i'm just i'm very curious uh to what they're going to do my feeling is they're probably going to trade back in the first round i think there's been some some rumblings already that the saints and the Steelers are interested in maybe making a deal with with the vikings about that number 12 pick um and if the Vikings feel like they can still get their guy in the first round, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Um, and they could probably get that fourth rounder back that they <laughs> gave up for Chris Herndon last year. So here's my yeah. question for you. Yeah. Uh, somebody last week mentioned that the Steelers, if they offer their 2023 first, or even the Saints offering their 2023 first, would you take it in that case if they offer you a 2023 first to trade back in the first round or to go completely out of the first round? Uh, not completely out, just swap picks. So swap like picks. the and Steelers then, are then, looking yeah. at, you know, Malik Willis or whatever. And they say, yeah. okay, well, Hey, we'll give you our first round pick next year. And you can give our, you can pick at 20 or whatever it is. Yeah. Immediately. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I that's agree. A no, that's a no brainer because we already know that the quarterback class for next year is supposed to be better. And if you have multiple first round picks, that gives you a better chance of trading up if you need to do so. So, yes, immediately. Yes, I would. I don't even care if they give them more picks than that. If it's just this year's first and next year's first, I'm completely fine with that trade. Um, yeah, no, of course. Um, one last question, because it, it appears that this player is back in the the trade rumors market kyler murray would you want kyler murray for the next two seasons as a vikings quarterback or would you want kirk cousins kyler murray yeah i mean you know kirk is good like this is this isn't dumping on kirk like you could have a lot worse options like i agree with the kirk stands who say that but Kyler Murray is a transcendent player. And I mean, I know Kwesi Adolfo Mensa does not believe in transcendent players because he's told us so. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you get a guy that's a dual threat like that, that can play the quarterback position at a different level than Kirk can, but has the same kind of, you know, late season failures that Kirk does. I mean, I if you look at the two side by side, and if we were building a franchise, obviously I'd take Kyler because he's younger. But I mean, from a season-to-season standpoint, give me the guy that can do multiple things. Like, if he's having a tough time throwing the ball, let him run. If he's, you know, not getting anything on the ground, let him throw. I mean, we saw it last year. That game against Arizona, he put up, what was it, 400 oh, yards? 400. Yep. Yeah, on the nose. And that was, like, that was without DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins had like 50 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's good. I, I also cover the Cardinals, so I'm very familiar with, with Kyler Murray and his skill set. He got hurt at the end of last year, and that kind of seemed to make him a little more skittish when it came to running the ball. Um, and they had some other problems as well. DeAndre Hopkins was out, and that kind of played a big factor. Imagine imagine the Vikings losing Justin Jefferson, how, how drastically that would change their offense. Uh, that's pretty much what happened to the Cardinals. Last year, it's just an interesting situation because it's like, why would the Cardinals not do everything that they can to to re-sign him? You know, no matter what, like he is their franchise quarterback. What are you doing? Like, 
Like it's got to be something behind the scenes too. Like that could be it, a thing. Yeah, well, like, they just extend, they floated extended, it out. Yeah, they just extended their their head coach and their GM for another five years. So maybe that's part of like ownership being like, you know, we're gonna give you guys some time if you want if you need to move on from Kyler, then you have this time to to find a new quarterback and and develop them. But it's just weird because I don't think a lot of people are like Kyler's terrible. Uh, like because no. he's what twenty? He's twenty four. He's is he's, he's been in the league for three years. Like. I don't know. I I would yeah. I would take him in a heartbeat over over Kirk Cousins. Just just youth and his ability to just stretch the the pocket and everything with his with his legs and yeah. Uh, I would do that in in a second. Um. Uh, all right. So that's all I got for you today, Chris. Uh. Everyone watching, make sure to to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Make sure to go to the description for a link to enter a contest to win a free. Justin Jefferson jersey. So go check that out. It is in the description below. Thanks again for joining today. Go follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Go check out all of Chris's writing on the Viking Age on Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News, which is part of Sports Illustrated now, I believe. I think I saw that. Yeah, we, we're part of Fan Nation now at the Bring yeah. Me the Sports website. So check that. it out. It's got a new look. Same we got going on. So. If you like my stuff, go over and check it out. Check that out. All right. We will talk to you guys next Monday. So until then, we will talk to you later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.